0: welcome to the minion this is talia we are back again and again i apologize for the lack of episodes as We have been very busy over here. Prez is now a doctor, so shakoyak to Prez. (laughs) I am overseas now, and we are... All super busy, but we are all about to de-stress and finally get back to the groove of things here at the Minyan. So I am going to pass it over to Prez to introduce the topic of the episode. I'm really excited to learn about this. We'll be talking about fascism in India and the history behind it. So Prez, take it away.
1: Okay, we are back after our hiatus. Our paid vacation from our lovely <laughs> Patreon donors. So we got Justin back today from the Anti-Empire project to talk about India and everything that's going on there cuz it is a clusterfuck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's <laughs> and very timely cuz when I set this up, I didn't when I uh messaged Justin, I was like I want to do like a fascism series on stuff because that was the rabbit hole I was going down. And I didn't realize that as we would be recording, the G20 would be happening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And that India would also be renaming itself. <laughs> And then Pakistan would also be renaming itself <laughs> to India. To India. What?
3: <laughs> I have not been keeping up with the news yeah. as much as I
1: have been. Oh yeah, well, I said God. it was a clusterfuck. I meant it's a clusterfuck. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I pay attention to
0: the cool news that's happening in India, yeah, like farmer bricks. strikes and other yeah. cool things happening. Well, <laughs> oh no,
1: I'm glad, it's gonna get much worse. So... I'm glad.
2: I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that though, because. Um, I have had to... Can I just start? Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So basically, I have had to re-educate myself because I studied Indian history in my undergrad. I, one of my majors was history. And I took several, like second year, third year, a fourth year seminar on Indian history at the University of Toronto. And we read, you know, like postmodern scholars, Partha, Chatterjee, and, um, you know western scholars and yeah we read a whole bunch of the they're called the subaltern studies i have guide three spivak but then when we were reading history we would read history about nehru gandhi Ambedkar. you know the 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 people who wanted us a, a secular republic a democratic secular republic the congress party the congress party was in power had been in power since independence and was gonna be it's the 90s now they're gonna be in power for the next 50 years too probably was the idea i certainly got so you know there's development questions there's poverty there's you know is india gonna recover is india gonna be able to provide for all its people you know how are they gonna fight the the WTO and the World Bank and the IMF and and the Ford Foundation and, and so on. And, and so now it's just, it's, that's not India. That's, you know, I was, I was on the wrong timeline. And like, now I'm like, oh, I need to go back and read the history of India, which is like the history of Savarkar and Golwalkar and the BJP and the RSS and the people who didn't really even want to have a, anti-British struggle at all so you know I've had to go back and read this whole tree poisoned tree of history which is the history of today's India and the republic idea of the congress is gone it's that's done that India is is finito so it's um it's kind of depressing and so you know I guess we might as well <laughs> we might as well do it,
1: right? Let's let's do the history. Yeah. So I'm ready. It's, yeah. it's not a good history. It's nope. not a good history.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I mean it's it, it is a struggle over history too, right? Like that's so it, they're all historians, like all of the people who were involved in, you know, intellectuals and involved in politics in India in the 20s, 30s, you know, 40s they all wrote histories. You know, Gandhi wrote, well, Gandhi was more of a autobiography, <laughs> the story of my experiments with truth, uh, Hind Swaraj. Nehru wrote the, I think it was called The Discovery of India, which has like a whole history where he says, you know, he describes this kind of territorial nationalism, everybody who's here is India. And Ambedkar uh, who was the leader of the Dalits. He was the leader of the Untouchable uh, movement. And he wrote hist- a whole bunch of histories. Who were the Shudras? What are the Untouchables? He wrote uh, various in- historical investigations to the best of what he could do about like where the different castes came from. And he had a whole development of, of where he thinks history came from. And it was a scientific kind of analysis that he was doing somewhat interested right he was trying to figure out how the caste system came about in order to destroy it his most famous book being the annihilation of caste which came out in 1936 probably his most form the most famous thing he wrote was the indian constitution which also has seems to have been uh, rendered rather irrelevant by the current regime so they all wrote histories they all had historical analyses but so did the predecessors of the current regime that's in power in India. Namely, the two people we're going to talk about mostly today is Savarkar and Golwalkar. So Savarkar was first, Golwalkar is later. And they both wrote histories of India as well. And their goal was to prove that India was a Hindu country, a Hindu Rashtra. And that's a racial reality for them. Uh, They're very racialist. Uh, in exactly the sense of, you know, Anglo uh, American German race and race analysis, I guess, race ism. <laughs> I think that's the word for it.
1: <laughs> Do you want to give the two things you, you told us to read so people can read along if they oh, yeah, want yeah, to? Yeah. yeah.
2: So you, you want canonical texts of, you want to understand the intellectual base of. The government of India today, the Modi, BJP, National Government Coalition, the organ their street organization, the RSS, their religious organization, the VHP. If you want to understand them, there are two texts that you have to know. One is Hindutva, who is a Hindu, uh, which is published in uh, 1923 and then by uh, and then there's we or our nationhood defined by Gol Valkar. i believe that was published in 1939
0: do you have links to these so we can put them in the show yeah yeah they're on okay. archive
2: archive.org very okay, easy okay perfect very easy to find um, <laughs> i'm sure they're constantly being consulted <laughs>
1: from yeah i just women. i just googled them and they were like right on on google but we'll put them in the we'll put them in the thing
2: so to you know, I I assign these readings to you, Prez. Uh, why don't you tell me your initial impressions?
1: Oh my gosh. Kidding. So <laughs> Go did they help car? you understand
2: something about where India has gone today?
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I uh, my one of my majors in undergrad was actually history too, and I took a couple of courses on Asian broadly Asian history. One of them being specifically South Asia, and I had a post colonial professor so we did the same process that you described we read postmodern scholars and then we went through the secular india and then he went through a whole lamentation at the end of the semester about modi and the whole gujarat thing and this is was like the couple years after he was first in power Mm -hmm. i'm I'm pausing because i'm trying to remember the the, the I mean year, the Gujarat exactly. the
2: Gujarat pogrom like happened in two thousand
1: two. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, mm-hmm. like the the few years after he became prime minister. I'm not that oh. old.
2: Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> prime minister was 2014.
1: Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. So, so this is this was like he was really, really distraught that he had even become prime minister. Mm-hmm. So, like, we spent a few weeks going over the whole purges in Gujarat and everything. Which, yeah. if you don't know, and you're listening he essentially led a pogrom in gujarat against the muslim community
2: yeah modi was the chief minister of gujarat at a time when you know there was an incident on a train uh some hindus i think were killed something like this and then uh as a obviously these things are always revenge right so uh there were, you know, the police uh, and and organized, very well organized uh, mobs, including organized by politicians, uh, were provided with lists and addresses and they would, yeah. they went and murdered, you know, the families, police were ordered to
1: stand they, down for a certain yeah. period of time. And then all of that kind of, you know, They'd standard, stand down, standard pogroms. If
2: Muslim n- neighborhoods defended themselves, then the police would go in, make sure yeah. they were, you know. Disarmed, disarmed, and then they would, then the mobs would go back in. So the whole, yeah, absolutely, you know, well documented, completely documented, and then you know the courts exonerated him and basically said, well, he's, you know, it's not possible for him to have done this because he's him.
1: <laughs> so I think you can't was do roughly... that. That's illegal. Why would he, <laughs> Why would <a> politician, <laughs> do the... something like that?
2: That was roughly the legal uh, doctrine <laughs> that that was used to exonerate Modi. Yeah. So, and and I mean, like it, it, Modi's own history that way is is interesting too, because like he was on a list; he was not allowed to go to the U.S. for a while after that. Yeah. After that, uh, until but like now, a couple of years ago, too. Yeah, but now you know he's he is the power in India. So, like this is this is one of the things about like the the liberal way of fighting fascists, which is like not going to work here. Like the liberal way is like, oh well, we you know we don't associate with them, so. You have this like Justin Trudeau shouldn't meet with Modi and and yeah. Biden shouldn't meet with Modi and like it, it, the Modi's the they're they're the government of India now. What are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna boycott India. You're gonna boycott all of India. That's not gonna and
1: happen. And They're gonna be the government of India.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna be the government <laughs> of India. Uh, yeah. So, funnily enough, well.
1: California just repealed a law that said that any. Any government worker, so, you know, university professors, anyone getting money from the government can't fly to a state that has, like, anti-LGBTQ laws. Oh, yeah. And they just repealed that because, like, now all of the so so many states are anti-gay now that you just can't not have people from University of California not going to, like, the biggest universities in the country.
2: It's also hard to keep track, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: cool. That's cool that Oops. they had that law and then repealed it. The country's just getting
3: smaller.
2: <laughs> yeah. Huh. No, but like with I mean, it's just yeah, anyway, it's it's just that's not I, there are presumably there are ways to fight fascism, but that's obviously not going to
1: be the. Way that's I'm just the ineffectual. One. Yeah, it's not. But anyway, be. so like I I I look le- I first I had a, like a intellectual introduction to India with this post-colonial kind of, mm-hmm. you know, anyone who grew up in India's Indian kind of thing, still kind mm-hmm. of liberal. And yeah. then yeah. I read this Gold Walker guy who I think is more interesting than Savarkar, Savarkar. and I am just like astonished the whole <laughs> time i swear my my partner was like getting annoyed with me at a certain period of time because i was was just like showing them stuff so so here's the thing
2: here's several there are several things about because this fits really well with your what you're doing on your podcast in the sense that you're studying fascism you're studying the origins of fascism and fascism is a England worshipping ideology wherever you go. So whether it's American fascism, whether it's German fascism, or Indian fascism, which are probably the, you know, nobody knows what American fascism is, because what do they say? Like, it's just called Americanism, right? But like, (laughs) Indian and and German fascism are about admiring America and about admiring England and what England did and this and, and the other thing is like, it's a co creation, right? Like, India didn't have fascism imposed on it these are these are people that are using german and english ideological concepts and then the germans and the english are borrowing them back so there's a lot of cross pollination of fascism from going both ways from india and to the west and and i you know even though you're not as interested in savarkar savarkar has a very interesting story too right because savarkar was a a fighter for independence against britain he was always anti-muslim but the british caught him he was in jail for a while i don't know if you read the preface but the there's a there's a legend that savarkar wrote hindutva on the walls of his prison or something (laughs) <laughs> like committed it to his memory, and then yeah, he, he they when he
1: like made him seem like some otherworldly figure. <laughs> and...
2: <laughs> that's not possible. Okay, that's not that's not possible. He wrote on a pen and paper, so like anybody else. So anyway, he wrote this book, but but like when he came, when he went into prison, into English prison, and when he came out of English prison, he had his politics had changed, and. He became much more of a don't fight the British. We're here to we're here to be anti-Muslim after he came out of the English prison. So you know, the idea that like they all everybody in India accuses each other of being kind of creatures of the British in this period, right? like the the these guys accuse the Muslims of being, you know, British collaborators though. The Congress accuses them, uh, the BJP, whatever the RSS, these people of of being collaborators with the British and and the are the BJP also accused the Congress of being kind of like controlled opposition to the British. I, I don't I don't think any of them are wrong exactly like I kind of think they're all telling the truth about each other, just not about themselves. I, there were elements of the Congress that were controlled opposition, there were elements of the RSS that were, of course, like, of course, the British want Hindus and Muslims to be fighting and not fighting the British, right? Of course, this theory of history that the British are are just the most recent invader that the Hindus need to deal with and not the worst ones. Of course, the British love that, right?
0: They have a tendency to pit different religious groups against each other.
2: Yeah, a, yeah, a lot that's of one of, their, that's one of their <laughs> favorite, <laughs> favorite moves. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So, like, don't get me wrong. Savolcar is very interesting. The reason I think that Golokar is more interesting is just because, like, he's m- more out there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> he's yeah. much.
1: He's much more. Uh, willing to just go out and say the most insane shit, yeah, without trying to pretend and do the kind of politics stuff. At least in in this writing,
2: I mean, yeah. Like my impressions are like when you read these two books, like you kind of you kind of get frustrated with Savarkar, where you're he's almost like an uncle of yours who holds these really regressive views, and you're just like, come on, uncle, like you know, <laughs> cut it out, right? Stop being such a fascist. But like Golwar, Golwalkar is like his eyes are glowing and like he's he's a different kind of person. This is not like a normal person you know, yeah. you're reading, right? This is some kind of something else. <laughs> this is like absolutely
1: unhinged. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so yeah. to give you an example, dear listeners, like the, the, this Golwalkar guy was, said, several times that, you know, for example, Afghanistan is a part of Hindustan. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned that it's a part of Hindustan because it was part of a Hindu kingdom from, mind you, 2,500 years ago called Gandhar. And I decided to look up on a whim this Gandhar or Gandhara. And it is, on Wikipedia, <laughs> superimposed on modern day borders, almost entirely in Pakistan, yeah, and then a little tiny sliver in modern day Afghanistan that's like a mountain and then part of a river.
0: Is this the map you shared where it like also included the Philippines? No,
1: no, that's, that's another. Just, that's a different one. Oh, that's okay, a, that's my, a my one. bad. Sorry. This is, this, but no, that's also kind of right this is this is the kind of logic they use to develop the idea of greater india Mm
2: -hmm. well not india anymore not india okay so the other point i wanted to make was like because there's been this discrediting of of nazism by the defeat of the soviet union right like the nazis they would have gotten away with everything if they could have just won, but they couldn't beat the USSR. So now everybody kind of realizes that they're a racist and awful genocidal, whatever. Um, but like India, Hindut, the Hindutva movement didn't have that kind of military defeat, right? They were, they were somewhat discredited when one of them assassinated Gandhi, but like that was not it's not on par with what happened to Germany after they lost to the Soviet union. Right. That didn't. So they, they laid low, you know, for a few decades. Uh, well, that's but... actually
1: something we should return to with the emergency and how they came back later on. Yeah. But that's, yeah. That was a big tent, that. right? Yeah. The,
2: the, po- the emergency, like the, the Jenita party, whatever movement was, it included them, but it included kind of everybody to, to get in the rug on the out. Uh, But yeah, you're right. That was there. That was when they could start operating openly again. So, you know, the other thing I guess we should say is like the model of Indian fascism today, which I would say like India's a fascist. I think it's, you know, I think that's fair. I don't think it's, think it's headed for fascism. I don't think it's like proto fascism. I don't think it's like in danger of slipping into fascism. (laughs) that's not what i think uh so like the structure is you know a lot of what they write a lot of what they wrote about you know germany where you have mega capital right you have the the cap you have a couple of families of wealth that is beyond anything you could imagine like the adanis the ambanis it's it's just a top house yeah, a couple of families, but especially like uh, Adani has a special relationship with Modi, you know Ad Adwa- uh, yeah the Ambani brothers so and they're they're from Gujarat and 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 so on. the Tatas have been you know they're Parsis from from long ago but they're you know obviously they're they've been entrenched in Indian capitalism forever. so so you have the you have the capital, you have the mega you have the mega fortunes you have the political party you have the street muscle and and you know the the role of electoral System. The role of an electoral system in fascism, I think, is underappreciated because we are we love elections and we love democracy and democracy is elections and whatever. But like in India, the way that they've used elections and they use electoral violence specifically, right? So like whenever an election is coming, they start doing these these mobs and these campaigns against universities and terrorists and maoist terrorists and muslim terrorists whatever whatever they whatever they need to do and they they use those kinds of mob violence methods to make sure that they win the elections and they're gonna you know they've gotten so good at this that i don't think they're gonna slip for a long time and they also they you know they also use the law right they're very good at using the law so they they locked rajiv gandhi up for a little while i think not rajiv Rahul, sorry, Rajiv Gandhi, of course, was assassinated in uh, Sri Lanka. Um, so or, or over Sri Lanka, sorry, um, Rahul Gandhi. They locked Rahul Gandhi up for a while for some for saying something about the Modi's of the world, right? So they personally insulted Modi, so he had to go to jail. And you know, they're I think they're trying to ban him from running. I think he's been cleared to run again, but we'll see what they do. But the point is, um the elections have been used as both an opportunity and a way of kind of solidifying their their uh, method of rule in Indian fascism okay savarkar let's let's get into some, let's get into these two texts which we did our homework <laughs> on okay so savarkar's book like i said it's like you know i don't know if you guys have this with jewish uncles but like indian uncles they all get into like, oh, you know, the name of this and the word. This word means this, and this word means that. And like, it's so much of that with Savarkar. It's is it Hindustan or Sindhustan? Is it Bharat? Is it Aryavarta? You know, it's and and but he on like and on gets
1: on. into the letter too. Yeah, <laughs> like it was an. It was an H, but now it's an S. <laughs> That's oh, what is that
0: Judaism true? is. That's okay, what the Talmud so... is. <laughs>
1: okay, so you guys have that too.
2: All right. <laughs> So you're at like, you're at like a party, a holiday party, and your uncle starts sitting you down and he's like, you know, Hindustan, Sindustan, and it means the river, uh, the hindus river, which was the Sindhu river. Just <laughs> like, oh my <laughs> God, can I trade off with a cousin? Can somebody else listen to this
1: uncle for a bit? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's probably why that's... they liked the Jews so much in these books. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's my childhood anyway <laughs> um so the all the other thing like the way that he he has a historical method he has his own historical method okay so he he reads these like religious texts like they're called the puranas and they're like you know these epics all kinds of epics and there's also the vedas there's like the bhagavad-gita there's all these texts that describe the great heroes and gods you know like the greek Myths, right? Like uh, Achilles. The shit that we had to
1: read in the West.
2: <laughs> the same shit you were... that you had to read in the West, right? Achilles and Hector and Paris and and yeah. uh, Apollo and all the gods interacting with the people and all that stuff. So, so they have these texts, and he's just like, "The he's like, why do we need foreigners to validate our history? This stuff happened, and uh, you know, if this is what happened, then we, who are we to you know to say that it didn't happen, right?" Of course, the English want to want to believe that we didn't have all this high technology eight thousand years ago because they're trying to make us small so that they can justify conquering, you know, ruling over us, right? So blah blah blah. So that's his that's his historical method, though. But the way that he writes about the Aryan race, right? Like the way that the Aryan race conquered and brought civilization and and brought every and advanced and 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 impregnated the small scattered tribes with their v- vigorous, v- virile blood and all that. It's just, it's very, it's very much like what Emerson or any of those other English racists write about England. So it's pretty obvious to me what's going on here. Like, this is definitely one place where these guys are just repeating what England, they're just like copy pasting what Eng- you subst- find and replace, you know, England with Aryan.
1: It's also a little strange, too, because when we see Golwalkar, he, he talks about how it wasn't the, the Aryans who came to India or Hindustan or wherever the fuck. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. came from us and they mm-hmm. went elsewhere.
2: Yeah. yeah. He Golwalkar, like you said, he's a different kind of guy, right? Like, he's um, just like, nobody knows what happened and I don't really care. So this is what happened. That's yeah. like. <laughs> That's pure fascism, right? It's like what actually happened doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what I, you know, I'm telling you what I what what's convenient for us to believe.
1: It's what we know, and what we know is a feeling.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's a real it's a real like uh, contempt for science or scientific yeah. history. the The other thing is like the way that he talks about the air. It's stuff our car now the way that he talks about the aryan race it's very clear and he he kind of gives it away that he's only talking about the upper caste right he's only talking about the brahmin caste and what he's talking about when he's talking about this superior race that came he's talking about the people that are now the brahmins wherever and and he he kind of gives it away where he's like you know the the Nyers in kerala you know cry for the for the Brahmins in, in Kashmir because of uh, because of the they know they're from the same race and it's like the Nair's if you know the caste system in different parts of India you know the Nair's are the Brahmins well the Nair's are the warrior caste but the Nair's are upper caste in Kerala and the Brahmins of course are upper caste in Kashmir sorry Talia you, have to, you, want, you put your hand up
0: sorry <laughs> I didn't <laughs> want to interrupt you I'm trying not to interrupt anymore but I was just like curious <sighs> Like I know the Nazis went to India to study this system and mm-hmm. that's where they got the whole idea of the Aryan race. And yeah. I don't remember, do, do, did they think that the Germans came from the Aryan race or did they think that the yeah. Indians came first or the Germans came first?
2: I think they think that there was this vigorous race somewhere in the middle of the continent, and they went out from there. Probably a common origin of both. I don't think the Germans would acknowledge that they came from India or vice versa.
1: <laughs> That's still the theory that yeah, there was Caucasus, some like Caucasus nomadic tribe in yeah. like Kazakhstan that yeah. like yeah. spread throughout the world.
2: Uh, Wait, I thought Kazakhstan was the weird. uh the, the Khazar.
1: <laughs> it's very weird. Like if you look at if you look at like Indo-Aryan and a map and then they showed it at a, at a map, it they like come up and down. Because it's such a bunch of bullshit, is why it's just bullshit. It's, it didn't exist. It's just I... historical <laughs> bullshit. That's
2: what it is. And like when these guys talk about their methods, it's like, yeah, we read these epics and like they're verified by the language that people speak and then you're like, and then they start with their words again, (laughs) you know, like this word and that word. And how could these words be? And you're just like, really? That's. uh, Yeah. Their history
0: is all like made up. I read a book about the, there is this department that specialized in, Archeo- quote unquote, archaeology and stuff, yeah. and they specifically went to India to study all of that, but it was basically all just made up, yeah. just to justify <laughs> their beliefs. 100%. 100%.
2: 100%. <laughs> the, I mean, Golwalk, that's one thing that that's one reason Prez is right. Like Golwalkar is, is pretty explicit about the fact that he's like, I'm about to make this up.
0: <laughs> it came to because, me in a dream. <laughs> no, like,
2: like he's like he's like I'm trying to I'm trying to start a race war with Muslims and this is the most convenient history for that. So,
1: strap in. No, like he he says that in a few different places. He's like I can't let I think somewhere he literally says like I can't let the truth get in the way yeah yeah of Jesus what i'm about so... to say so i'm gonna i'm gonna sidestep this this is super, wild
0: it's just like excessive. so like <laughs> the opposite of what communism is about where yeah, we're like absolutely. materialists all of this stuff oh, we are well, rigorous I mean, in our research and then they, they just hate are, like com-
1: they what? hate communists
0: Go I-, those- I am aware <laughs>
1: Gold Volcker even says that communism doesn't address the national question, so he's not even going to attempt to address communism.
0: I hate this. And this was in the 1940s. I just
2: hate this. Okay, so let me... So So... The, the the Brahmin caste, the upper caste, is the only caste that matters. But, like, the caste system is part of the, the Hindu nation, obviously, according to Savarkar. Savarkar, and he talks about, oh, my God, this is some of the most patronizing and insulting and, like, repulsive writing I've seen. And that's uh, saying a lot, considering my, the things that I read. But, like, he talks about, like, how when one upper caste person has a kid with a lower caste person then that creates another different caste right and, and so he's got this oh
1: it's this but it's very clearly like a a metaphor a very thinly veiled metaphor for like interracial marriage
2: yeah yeah so it's just it's just like this is the but he he he's he's just like this is a beautiful thing like we're creating all these beautiful intermediate castes, like and then they each have their own names like when a brahmin marries a shudra it's this and when a shudra marries like kshatriya it's that and it's like there's so just so you guys know like not everybody knows the caste system but there's like different kinds of caste right so like The overall caste system is like Varna, and Varna is just four castes. There's the Brahmins, the warriors, the Kshatriya, the um, merchants, the Banya or Vaishya, sorry, and then uh, the Shudras, which are the peasants, and then, of course, untouchables or outcasts. So that's the four-color caste system.
0: Sorry, but is that then, the Dalit? The low, lowest, yeah, Dalit,
2: the, okay. So Dalits didn't, Dalits don't accept the, the the name outcast or the name untouchable. So okay. they kind of assign themselves the political name Dalit, which means the the downtrodden. Okay. So and that's like that's a that's the political leadership of the Dalits, like uh, from Ambedkar on, uh, who was who's a contemporary of these guys Savarkar and and uh, and Golwalkar uh, was. Uh, so that's the four color caste system, but then there's another kind of caste system, which is like jati, which is like it's specific to part where you're from and your village, whatever. So you're you could be like a Tanner, or you could be like a like a specific kind of peasant or something, or like a peasant from this part of the the country or the this specific village, and they'll have like different names and different family groupings and like. The, the way that the caste system is maintained is actually by making sure you don't marry uh, people from other castes, you don't marry, and you don't eat with them. So inter-dining is also forbidden. You're not allowed to eat with someone from another caste. And like you can lose your caste if you sit and eat or you share a bottle with someone from a lower caste, right? They also forbade back in the day, like even traveling. So you could if you left the shores of Hindustan, you would lose your caste as a Hindu. So I just want all of this is to build up to him. When Savarkar talks about like upper caste uh, interbreeding with lower castes, he says all that the caste system has done is regulate its noble blood on lines rightly believed by our saintly and patriotic lawgivers and kings to contribute most to fertilize and enrich all that was barren and poor without famishing and debasing all that was flourishing and nobly endowed. So, you know, that I'm sorry, that's like one of the worst that's one of the worst things I've ever I've sounds
0: ever like something a Zionist would say.
1: Oh just wait until we get to the stuff they talk about, Jews and, and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll,
2: I'll my blood's over already
0: to, boiling. <laughs>
2: over, over to you. Uh you you've got some notes here on Savarkar that you took, eh? Oh boy.
1: Um, Let's go, Prez. <laughs> <laughs> so from, from this, he kind of just keeps going and going and is kind of just going with the idea that Hinduism isn't really the definition of what it means to be a Hindu. Mm-hmm. And it's not even what it means to be part of the Hindu race. Because he has a whole thing, and this is yep. actually how I found out about it, In general, they have a whole thing about how Sikhs are a special kind of Hindu compared to Hindu Hindus. But in one spot, he says that Hinduism is only a derivative, a fraction, a part of Hindutva. And elsewhere, he talks about how he essentially says that for someone to be considered a Hindu, they have to accept the they, ex- they essentially have to agree with the whole book that we read. <laughs> yeah. You have to be racially Hindu, so you essentially yeah. have to be upper caste. You have to be in agreement that Hindu, Industan, is within the area of greater India, yeah. which goes from Afghanistan to Philippines, depending on who you're asking. And you have to be part of the the general Hindu culture, which does not include speaking Hindi. Uh, no. It's more that you speak Sanskrit, which is well, a yeah. Jewish so, hi-
2: so Hindi. I mean, the language stuff is there is there is stuff. <laughs> so Sanskrit, you know, and then spoken s- Sanskrit is you know they called it Prakrit, and then Hindustani or Hindi. Is basically like some kind of Persian Prakrit blend. And so, what, and it's indistinguishable from Urdu, which is what they speak in Pakistan. But of course, because India and Pakistan hate each other, they're different, they're called different languages. And like Pakistan is trying to uh, cleanse Urdu of any Hindi or Sanskrit influence. And hindi is trying to india is trying to sorry bharat uh, formerly known as india <laughs> is trying to cleanse hindi of similarly of any persian or or arabic influences so there's a there's this whole like there's a lot of energy going into trying to pick apart the this like extraordinarily beautiful language that was created over a series of several hundred years of Muslims and Hindus, you know, living together in this part of northern India. So obviously, you know, it's another thing that has to be ah, destroyed, which is great. So that's I just wanted to kind of give you the
1: sh- yeah. about what
2: Sanskrit, you know, where it comes from, whatever.
1: But um, they, there's there's a lot of the definition is reactionary mm-hmm. based on. The fact that you were colonized, yeah, so, quote unquote colonized by uh, Muslims, by Muslims, exactly, yeah. specifically by Muslims. Keep in mind
0: what? Um,
1: yeah. So he says,
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he
1: he says nothing can weld peoples into a nation and nations into a state as the pressure of a common foe. Hatred separates as well as unites. Sure. Arabia Absolutely. ceased to be what Arabia was. Iran annihilated Egypt, Syria, Afghanistan, Balochistan, Tatare from Granada to Ghazni, nations and civilizations fell in heaps before the sword of Islam.
2: It's so weird because like there's this admiring thing about like how the Aryans conquered <laughs> the world. <laughs> like the whole world, you know? and then the, then it's just like can you believe the horrendous you know muslims who who conquered the world <laughs>
1: you're like what wait what, well what? go walker admits it where he say, he he just admits that he he's mad at the muslims for being the reason why the british were able to conquer india
2: yeah right exactly yeah not i mean it's that that's like um i don't know whether he was explicit about it but like ambedkar's ambedkar who is the the kind of leader of the Dalits, his whole thing was the caste system is what enabled the British to conquer India because there's no solidarity between uh, Indians because they're all looking after their own caste first. And so you know I, I think I, I I think these guys are fairly, you know they don't want to they don't want to say the name of Ambedkar not least because they you know probably think they would lose their magical caste powers if they did right he's an untouchable so they can't they literally can't acknowledge his existence but they are trying to answer some of that where they you know the the caste system's good and it's the muslims fault
0: right just some bullshit <laughs>
1: well Uh,
2: do you you have a nice long quote about
1: yeah speaking of muslims in the caste system many a Mohammedan, yeah you can many muhammadian community in Kashmir and other parts of india as well as the christians in south india observe our caste rules to such an extent as to marry generally within the pale of their castes alone yet it is clear that though their original hindu blood is thus almost unaffected by an alien adulteration, yet they cannot be called Hindus in the sense in which that term is actually understood because we Hindus are bound together not only by the tie of the love we bear to a common fatherland, that reminds me of the German stuff going on at the time, Mm -hmm. to a common fatherland and by the common blood that courses through our veins and keeps our hearts throbbing and our affections warm. And our affections are warm, and also by the tie of the common homage we pay to our great civilization, our Hindu culture, which could not be better rendered than the word Sanskriti, suggestive as it is of that language Sanskrit, which has been the chosen means of expression and preservation of that culture, of all that was best and worth preserving in the history of our race, we are one because we are a nation, a race and our own common Sanskriti civilization. So...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I've got one. He he says this, like, he basically explains why Muslims and Christians, even though they're part of the right race, cannot be adopted as Hindus. Since their adoption of the new cult, they had ceased to own civilization as a whole, Hindu civilization as a whole.
1: They forsook their... Real
2: yeah. identity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, his analysis of the world events is also pretty cool. <laughs> pretty interesting. <laughs> like he talks about, he, he talks about America. He says, you know, look, you can only rely in the end on your own race, right? Like we can only rely on Hindus. We can't rely on anybody that's foreign, whether that's Muslims, Christians, whatever. And he says, take the case of America. When the German war broke out, she suddenly had to face the danger of desertions of her German citizens, while the Negro citizens there sympathized more with their brethren in Africa than with their white countrymen. (laughs) Very knowledgeable about America, (laughs) this guy. Um, American state in the last resort must stand or fall with the fortunes of its Anglo-Saxon constituents. All right.
1: Gross. <laughs> so that's where yeah. that's where that's where he landed. And to continue with the racial purity <laughs> speaking relatively alone no people in the world can more justly claim to get recognized as a racial unit than the Hindus. And perhaps the Jews. <laughs> You're gonna love that one, right, Talia?
0: Uh,
1: uh, what this?
0: <laughs> how? Okay.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, this is
2: this is Ind- this is India. This is the founding text uh, of India today. This is who's in charge.
1: Just wait until we get to go all car. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the last one I want to give you is um, on foreign policy. So this is like. They're finally gonna be able to bring this to fruition, okay? So a crore for people who don't know, like in India, they don't we don't use like thousands and millions. We use lakhs and crores. So a lakh is a hundred thousand, and a crore is ten million. So people count, you know, they they wouldn't say a hundred million, they'd say ten crore. So Savarkar's foreign policy he goes 30 crores that's 300 million people that's how many people there were in India at that time there's obviously 140 crores now (laughs) so 140 crores of people with India for their basis of operation for their fatherland and for their holy land with such a history behind them bound together by ties of a common blood and a common culture can dictate their terms to the whole world a day will come when mankind will have to face the force. That's terrifying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> and I mean, like, Goldwalker is again—he's just much more like brazen about all of this. But they're—they're they're both like take the stance of you know, like the colonial powers do this, and there's a lot more of us than there are of them. So why can't we? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. So
1: when <laughs> was
0: this? When? was this stuff like written because is this a reaction to the rise of communism in India
1: Yeah this is the 1920s and 30s
0: So it is a reaction to the rise of communism yeah.
1: I would say
2: it, yes I mean like that can't not be there but like it's also a positioning against the Republican So like everything that they're doing is like anti Gandhi anti Nehru anti Congress Mm-hmm. So like they're laying down the intellectual basis for like an illiberal, you know, it's n- India is not going to be a state of all its citizens. India is going to be a Hindu state. Like that's the that's the dispute.
1: The socialists were looking for like socialist liberation through revolution. Congress yeah. was looking for like enlightened France, Enlightenment France revolution, kind of yeah. no violent revolution. Well, yeah, partition kind exactly. of stuff. That shit. And these guys work. were like, "Well, we want a Germany."
2: Yeah, we're 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 more going for like Nazi Germany. That's yeah.
0: Okay. thing
2: or America, whatever. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's, they they understood it to be the same thing back then. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so we should. We... Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think we should. I don't think we should, you know, insult the, the our predecessors by. Uh, well, I'm just by using Germany because
1: they say Germany so much. Like yeah. there's yeah. a surprising lack of the word America compared well, he to does Germany. I'll,
2: I'll give you a I'll give you a nice one on America from uh, from Goldwalcar when we Let's get there. Do it.
3: <laughs> do they
0: talk about Japan at all? Because we just did mm. a whole bunch of episodes about Japanese fascism.
1: Hopefully not that a couple much. more yeah not yeah, too
0: much a couple more they,
2: they're they're very I mean they're very England right like they're okay. just uh, how could they not be obsessed with England England is is everything and yeah. everything that happened to them is because of England whether they yeah. whether they acknowledge it or not right
1: I think it's interesting because these days you know Pankraj Mishra and and all these other people and then you know even the the Japanese fascists I'm not equating them. Just to put that out there, but there's definitely like a an intellectual movement today going down the line of like the the Japanese wins over the West in the early 1900s, like inspired liberation movements, including in India.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like these these guys are also ignorant. Like in in yes. lots of really important ways, they're they're not they don't they don't really have a solid analysis even of what's happening to them. So like that's a that's a part of their. That's a part of their thing, like they okay. they they see what's in front of them, you know, they have they have a bizarre way of interpret. they have a very interested I shouldn't say bizarre, I should say they have like a very interested instrumental reading of history and documents and texts all for narrow political gain, you know, they, they don't have answers for even the consequences of what they are doing, right? Like like these guys, you know, Nehru Nehru in his book is talking about like how India is a country of everybody who's here. Ambedkar is in his thing is like we have priority number one is to get rid of the caste system. Nehru at one point is like, you know, Jinnah Who's the founder of Pakistan? Jinnah has a completely unworkable and unrealistic proposal. Because what are we gonna do with this ridiculous Pakistan proposal? We're gonna have all the Hindus that are in Muslim majority areas leave. We're gonna have all the Muslims that are in Hindu majority areas leave. That's one of the craziest things you could can you imagine the bloodshed and horror that would result? It's not workable. And then obviously that's exactly what happened. But but Nehru, at least, is like trying to address some of what might happen if his program were implemented. But these guys are just like, India is a Hindu country and everybody's going to have to get used to it. And it's like, if they tried to, if if they had been in power after independence, it would have quickly led to the breaking up of the country way beyond India, Pakistan, way beyond what happened, right? Like, these guys are not capable of holding a country together or developing an economy or anything. They're just you know, that's, it's not even, they're not even all that interested in these questions,
1: right? They're too stupid.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I'm very, I'm always (laughs) reluctant, I'm reluctant to call people stupid, right? Like, that's one of my, one of my main political things is, like, your enemies are not stupid, but, like, these guys are not, they don't, they're not interested in science, or facts, or development, or economics, or political economy. Like, they have a very, they're very interested in, like, bringing about some kind of historical glory that actually never happened and they don't even care whether it happened or not so they're not capable of achieving even their own program what they're capable of is like lots of violence and devastation and destruction they're also capable of of moving hundreds of millions of people and getting them to dance to their tune because obviously they've got that down to a science in india today right there are there are they, this is the popular party, you know? So go walk on. Take it
1: away, press. Oh, God. <laughs> um, where did we go? this? guy's crazy. I suggest it, this, this book's short. If you want to have a blast, yes. go read it. Yeah. He says that socialism doesn't address the national question. Obviously, uh, not a reader of wrong. Comrade Stalin. That's right. <laughs> not a reader, and I think I'm sure he's aware that it does to to continue with Justin's yes, good faith absolutely. discussion. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure that <laughs> <That's good. laughs> he he is uh, not capable of actually like addressing
0: mm-hmm.
1: socialism's right. address yeah. of the national question. Yeah. Cause like some, like there are fascist scholars at that time who we would not think did a sufficient job <laughs> at count, at countering anything that like Lenin or Stalin or whoever the fuck wrote, exactly. but like, but we could say that like, they, they wrote tried. something that tried and swayed some people over in the public that, you know, are not like us.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, but but socialism. I mean, he does talk uh, interestingly about Russia, right? Yeah, he says, yeah. you know, Russia is interesting because it has no religious creed, but they've they've substituted socialism as their religion. So it is a tr- a nat- nation. They they're not internationalists. They said they were, but they're not anymore. So we rest satisfied. He says with pointing out that Russia has its country, race, its materialistic godless religion with its resultant culture and its language (laughs) stands out before the world as a nation and its complete nationhood shorn of its borrowed feathers of internationalism and again like materialistic godless religion right like he this is like somebody who doesn't care about most people in the country not having enough to eat or whatever he doesn't he just that's just not on his mind right whether this nation is gonna have roads or sewage or healthcare, you know he doesn't care
1: well, for him the, the this is also the thing about just fascism in general. It's it's like a, it's like partly a spiritual project. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. this was the thing with Hitler, this is a thing in Italy in Fascist Italy, this is the thing today in India and in the US, like And Israel. And Israel, yeah. like they like it doesn't matter how your people actually are, it matters that their soul is being nurtured with the, yeah. the racial purity of the species. Yeah. How
2: they live doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. If they live. If they (laughs) live doesn't matter. They'll have died in glory though so that's that's what matters. Yeah. So he just like disdains Muslims throughout and it's also like very contradictory because you know Justin you mentioned this a few times they don't like history they don't care about history so at one point he's like doing a page-long list of the great works of india to show that hindustan is like a historically major place on par with continental europe and he lists the fucking taj mahal (laughs) (laughs) awkward and i'm like wait hold on hold on i i I saw that don't think i did not
2: a lot of people who worked on Taj Mahal probably were Hindus too. I mean, you know, true. it was,
1: yeah. But he blames Muslims for the reason why the British were able to conquer. He blames Muslims in a very weird way, mm-hmm. also just historically. So, like, he, we're going to get to the Jews in a little bit. Actually, I'll just jump there now. Yeah. So, like, he's him and Savarkar are, are big fans of Zionism. Yeah, they're also big fans of Hitler. Absolutely.
0: What a shocker!
1: Yeah, yeah. But the the big fan of Zionism, yeah, is strange because ...Govakar seems to blame the Muslims for kicking out the Jews
3: from yeah, Palestine exactly. to begin
1: with. Yeah. So. Here he goes, the engines of destruction loose under the name of Islam completely destroyed their power and the Jews in order to save what was most dear to them. Their religion and culture fled from the country and scattered all the world over, naturalizing themselves in various parts of the globe. The scattered, they still live, and and with them live their religion, culture, and language. They are still the same old Jews. With them nothing has changed except
0: that still the same old jews
1: (laughs) with them nothing has changed except that they are exiles from their country and have no place to call their own and then a little later on he goes the recent attempt at rehabilitating palestine with its ancient population of the jews is nothing more than an effort to reconstruct the broken edifice and revitalize the practically dead Hebrew national life.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, this is another example of how compatible it is to be pro-Zionism and anti-Jewish. Like he he admires the Germans for, you know, purging the Jews, and he also admires Israel for trying to set up Israel.
0: And this is like I'm going to take apart some of this and but it's also <laughs> why we see so many like Hindu nationalists on Twitter supporting Israel now because yeah, of of this garbage. But I feel like some of this is what Zionists are saying now saying like oh the Palestinians were the ones who originally kicked us out and
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's cross pollination. Like they're not, it's not just Hindu fascist borrowing from Israel or, or England or or America or Germany. It's like, they're getting some of these material from, from these guys too. Yeah.
0: And like, The language was always different. We did a five hour episode on like the beginnings (laughs) of Judaism, like our language. We're not a nation. We have different languages. We have different cultures and our religion. While it's the same, our practices are different depending on where you're at in the world. And our Jewish life was not practically dead. This guy can get but <laughs> this guy
2: but this guy is um he is uh about race. Like it's all yeah. he always says this. He says, you know, there's religion and religion obviously everybody has to follow their religion, which in his context he means follow your caste system, like do what your you're you know. Your station in life is comes from your caste, but like his, his race first, always race first, then religion, then culture, and everything else. So when it comes to Germany, he says something like, "Isn't it great that the Germans?" There it is. So look at Italy. Da, 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 the ancient race spirit, which prompted the Germanic tribes to overrun the whole of Europe, has. Re risen in modern Germany, with the result that the nation perforce follows aspirations predetermined by the traditions left by its depredatory ancestors. Even so, with us, our race spirit has once again roused itself. So, race spirit in Germany is something really good. And then some. He goes on when he's talking about England, which is why England, like you, you know, as you were saying. He, doesn't t- he talks about Germany a lot and England less. That's partly because like England is so important that it becomes invisible. It's like, you know, like does a fish yeah. know that it's in water, right? So <laughs> he says, England, again, like, he, listen, listen to this. He says, England has a state religion, the Protestant form of the Christian faith and believes in maintaining and strengthening it as its strength is that of the nation preserved. As for language, the English attempt at killing out the indigenous languages and forcing upon the conquered races, the national English tongue are notorious. Wherever the English went, Ireland, Wales, Hindustan, in all such places they have tried to supplant the original language by English. Indeed, such as the Englishman, is his pride in his national language that he tries his best to make it the world's lingua franca, with England then theory fully accords with practice regarding the nation idea and he's not even against this right this is all like approving he's approving of the fact that they are trying to wipe out other you know that they've wiped out or tried to wipe out indigenous languages
1: yeah again he's just like they did this why can't we yeah yeah like the, the, this is his whole thing like all of these other high his whole thing about this history is like we have this high culture yeah. thousands of years before europe even crawled out yeah. of the mud i think he even says literally lots of that, at yeah. one point if anything we're more advanced why can't we do the same kind of genocidal shit as them
2: but not the muslim but but uh, aren't the muslims awful for <laughs> for doing, the, <laughs> for doing co- so and then finally he says you know German pride in their fatherland for a definite home country for which the race has certain traditional attachments as a necessary concomitant of the true nation concept awoke and ran the risk of starting a fresh world conflagration in order to establish one unparalleled undisputed German empire over all this hereditary territory. This natural and logical aspiration of Germany has been almost fulfilled and the great importance of the country factor has been once again vindicated even in the living present so how'd that work out for you germany like Like, this is what i mean like the admiration for a project that was going to lead to the cut that country being totally destroyed and occupied by four different powers you know partitioned um and even today not really you know letting america blow up its pipelines and saying sorry for trading with Russia or whatever. Anyway, it's it's just, it's not good. It's not good for India that these guys are in charge. I don't know how to how else to say it.
1: Not fascism
0: ideal. isn't great.
2: No. no, <laughs> it's not but good like, for you know, anybody. <laughs> fascism isn't great. It's not great for anybody. But like, it's, you know, specifically like India has problems that cannot be solved. Right. By fascists.
0: <sighs> right. And the caste system is pretty fucking awful for everybody.
2: Yeah, it's not a it's not a lovely little feature of it's not a quirky little (laughs) it's not a quirky little feature of this plucky little country, you know.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) But Arundhati Roy, I don't know. I I kind of want to finish, you know, with uh, Arundhati Roy. You you want to? Do you want to um? Do you want to read this quote about? how oh, they're anti-colonial oh
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ
1: <Yeah. laughs> oh God yeah so the, part of this whole like idea that were the whole idea of like a, a race spirit and and the idea that the Jews can be gone for five thousand mm-hmm. five thousand years and then come back mm-hmm. kick off the dust on the doorstep and then and then reclaim the home. Um, and then have in have then then have the Hindus do the same thing, and that's why they're the same racial racially pure group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like anti-colonial, but in yeah. the absolute worst fucking way possible. <laughs> yeah. In the sa- in the same way that I'm sure everyone listening to this already has heard this, like Zionism is a decolonial project.
2: Sure. <laughs>
1: by sure. Sh- by showing that the Hindus are mere upstarts and squatters on the land, parentheses, yeah. as they themselves are in America, Australia, and other places, close parentheses, they can yeah. set, them, set up their own claim. For then, neither the Hindus nor the Europeans are indigenous, and as to who should possess this land becomes merely a matter of superior might, mere priority of trespass, giving no better right to any race to rule undisturbed on any part of the globe.
2: I mean, you know, this is like, they're not exactly wrong, right? Like the the way that the English were rewriting the history to be like, you know, India's just waves of of successive colonizers. They did the same with South Africa, right? They were like, oh yeah, the Zulus just got here. So, (laughs) you know, so it's cool to, to do apartheid because... You know, we just they displaced whoever was here, and we're just displacing them. It's part of the cycle. Um, so that's not wrong, but like that. But then they go straight to like this is racially ours, and then obviously it always goes back to the to the anti-Muslim thing.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, that's the problem. It's it's like it's going from like you're erasing our history and our right to like yeah. live in this place that we've been to. Yeah. We're an eternal being who's, who's been here for thousands and thousands of years, and we're a specific race tied to this land, and anyone else who's here does not have a right to even exist, let alone be in this space.
2: I mean, th- there's this really scary, you know, that the answer is going to be scary, because at the beginning of a chapter, Golwalkar says something like, so what then is the role of people who aren't Hindus in this land? And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and indeed, his answer is is quite horrific. He's he's basically like, they can either become part of the nation in all in every way, like uh, race, culture, religion, dah, 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 or they have no place in national life, you know? what's going to happen and to them is what does
1: that mean yeah
2: right <laughs> right right yeah so you know here's the thing like tell you Talia, you were asking like about communism in india and like communism in india is has also kind of stumbled and it never quite like got going in the way that it did obviously in china right like there's always the comparison with china and there's lots of reasons. Adam Roy actually has a kind of a critique. She grew up in Kerala. I think her mom's from Kerala, her dad's from Bengal, well, West Bengal, but like those are both commun- you know have long histories of communism in 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 India, those both those states. but like her thing was like if you read her novel the her breakout novel The God of Small things. It's like there's an untouchable guy who's part of the Communist Party who becomes like her mother's lover when she's a young kid. And he goes, he gets in some, you know, he goes to a demonstration or something and they see him there and his boss and the police are kind of after him. And he goes to his party. He goes to the Communist Party for help. And they don't help him because he's untouchable. So basically, like, even though communism is anti-caste, the leadership of all the parties including the communist party is kind of upper class biased right so it's like like the like the communist party of the us right like why did <laughs> wh- why did the communist party never like really take off in the us like there's lots of reasons but one of them has got to do with racism right like they couldn't quite overcome what communism is supposed to overcome and that there's elements of that in terms of why communists you know didn't quite make it in in India, except in a couple of regions, like right now they're in power in Kerala, but like almost nowhere else, as far as I know. And boy, do does Modi and them hate Kerala. They're agitating against Kerala all, nonstop. So
0: well yeah because like fascism occurs as like a counter rev to yeah. the rise of communism and i've been working on a book about the farmers strike and they mm. reference Singh about ba- got quite a bit so i've been reading his stuff and i think it's quite clear that this this was the things we just discussed was a direct response to the rise mm-hmm. of All of that that was happening. Plus, there is like a people's war that's happening in India right now. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why we're definitely seeing this huge response from Modi and his party trying to suppress what you were talking about in Kerala and all of this happening because they're probably losing their grip on the caste system as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, it seems because the other thing fascism is designed by design makes it really hard to know what's going on right like when it when it collapses it collapses like really suddenly and it looks like it's an invincible force going from strength to strength so what it looks like to me is like they've dealt with every possible opposition and seen it off and everything that's there now is just there to make it give it the fig leaf of looking like it's some kind of electoral system still which it's not But maybe there are more, maybe there is a lot more that they're trying to hide than we know. roy is extremely pessimistic at all times. (laughs) So she uh, did an interview with Al Jazeera and she said, you know, everybody in the West is like really excited about this Indian market. But there won't be a market when this country slides into chaos and war as it already has in places like Manipur what they re- don't realize is this market won't exist when this grand country falls into chaos as it is the beauty and grandeur of india are being reduced to something small and snarling and petty and violent and when that explodes i think there'll be nothing like it and you know i hope she's wrong <laughs> but yeah. but it could it could also be that like even what like you're saying talia like even the path to something better goes through an explosion because yeah. you know so that's it I mean that's that we've covered uh, we've covered the intellectual giants of of Indian fascism and uh, you know India's not in good hands
0: <laughs> Were you gonna say something Prez?
1: So then my question Justin is yeah. can the government still collapse? state governments because Nehru and Indira Gandhi like broke up the Kerala government back in the 60s Yeah, they when can. they were run by the communist party so why doesn't Modi just do that if you um, so
2: because <laughs> yeah well I mean you don't want to do too much at once so yeah. they're doing I, I think Manipur is under president's rule isn't it yeah, the chief minister of Manipur right now is from the BJP, which makes sense, which is like he's the one inciting all this violence and everything in that state. But like why can't why so they're 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 sort of dealing with they're dealing with problems. They're they're doing all kinds of things in Ka- Kashmir, they're doing stuff in Manipur. I'm sure they'll get to Kerala, <laughs> but <laughs> they also have a certain wisdom when it comes to not biting off more than they can chew, right? Like, that's why they've managed to continue to exist so long.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were saying that the, the guys we were just talking about were not very savvy in terms yeah. of getting yeah. things done. Modi is very good at getting yeah, things exactly. done. Yeah, exactly. And that that's
2: also why it took so long, right? Like, you need you need a Modi to translate a goal wall, a goal wall card. A goal wall card is never going to be able to do anything nobody's gonna nobody's gonna follow a leader like that they might be interested in his books but he's yeah.
0: definitely been playing off these countries against each other with bricks and now g20 it's just yeah. hilarious yeah. seeing this happen
1: yeah exactly. I, seeing seeing the whole new bricks discourse on the left is just driving me insane
0: We can talk about that <laughs> next episode <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's do that too. Yeah. I'd be I'd be interested in, in your take, Justin, on that. But yeah, I'm, I'm have be been next trying time.
2: to I've been trying to think that through too.
1: We can have a, can have a brain trust going on for that. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's call it. All right. All
0: right. Woo! Not a like a two-hour episode. Pretty happy yeah. about that.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll hit stop.
3: चلو चلو آeyenge, चلو चلو knit, चلو चلو آeyenge, चलो रे <pupzos> चलो साथी एक साथ आएंगे संगठन बनाएंगे चलो रे चलो साथी चलो रे चलो साथी एक साथ आएंगे संगठन बनाएंगे चलो रे चलो साथी अरे चलो रे चलो साथी साथ आएंगे संगठन बनाएंगे चलो रे चलो गरीबों का मजदूरों का संगठन, का मजदूरों का संगठन, का संगठन हम बस तो खेती नहीं बनती हम बस ना तो खेती नहीं बनता हम तो खेती नहीं बनती हम बस तो खेती नहीं बनती हम धान ना उगाते तो फोटी नहीं बरती हम धान ना उगाते तो फोटी नहीं बरता हम फोज ना नहीं बनते हम फोज I प्यास you है, वो खाके मस्त क्यों back. I said, you wait, you have to go back. I said, you wait, you have to go back. I said, you wait, you have to go back. I है you wait. I है, you wait. I said, you wait. I said, ਨਾਵੋ ਕੱਤਰੀ ਕੇ ਮਾਲੇ ਕੱਲੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਕੱਟੇ ਆਪਣਾਓ ਕੱਤਰੀ ਕੇ ਮਾਲੇ ਹੇਂ ਬੰਗਲੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਆਪਣਾਓ ਬੰਗਲੇ ਕੇ ਮਾਲੇ ਕੱਲੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਕੱਟੇ ਆਪਣਾਓ ਬੰਗਲੇ ਕੇ ਮਾਲੇ ਹੇਂ ਬੰਗਲੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਆਪਣਾਓ ਬੰਗਲੇ ਕੇ ਮਾਲੇ ਕੱਲੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਕੱਟੇ ਆਪਣਾਓ ਬੰਗਲੇ ਕੇ ਮਾਲੇ ہم زندگی جلائی پر ان کو روشنائی زندگی جلائی जिंदगी जलाई पर उन कोलोशनाई जिंदगी जलाई पर उनको रोशनाई अरे सूरज को जगाने वाले हम ही आंदे जो चलो रे चलो साथी एक साथ आए के सुंदरतन बनाएंगे चलो रे चलो साथी आ, तो गोद हम बनाया तो गाड़ी उनकी चलती चलो रे हम बनाया मिलती। जब चाय हम बनाया तो चाय न उनको मिलती जब चाबी हम बनाया तो चोरी उनकी खुलती जब चाबी हम बनाया तो चोरी उनकी खुलती जब चाबी हम बनाया तो चोरी उनकी खुलती जब चाबी अपना महिला सच ही अपना जब अपना महिला सच ही अपना सीना अपना माइनस ते जीना अपना कोई परे अपना गहना ते जीना अपना अरे वो बने हैं माला माल अपना हाल दे हाल चलो रे चलो साथी एक साथ आएंगे गठन बनाएंगे चलो रे चलो साथी ये जने हुए हाथों से हथियार उठाना होगा जने हुए आतो से हथियार उठाना होगा चले हुए आतो से हथियार उठाना होगा के इंतिलाबिया के सिंगार बनाना होगा के के सिंगार बनाना होगा इंतिलाबिया के सिंगार बनाना होगा के के सिंगार बनाना होगा लबुजिगर से अपना जिंदा उठाना होगा लबुजिगर से अपना बूटी गरी से अपना झंडा उठाना होगा बूटी भर से अपना झंडा उठाना होगा अरे जाली के फंदों से देश को बचाना चलो ए चलो साथी एक साथ आएंगे झंडा बनाएंगे बनाए चलो रे चलो साथी ये गरीबों का संगठन ये मजदूरों का संगठन ये, ये, ये दुखियों का संगठन, दुखियों का संगठन, दुखियों का संगठन, दुखियों का संगठन। हम सारे मिलकर बनाएंगे संगठन। चलो, चलो साथ एक चलो, चलो साथी, साथ रहेंगे। संगठन बनाएंगे, चलो एक चलो साथी, एक चलो साथी।